Hit it again. Hit it again. Okay. Oh, Roland. What the hell? That was that was my bad. All right, we're going to kick it like this on episode 82. We got Fred in the house. What up? What up? He's going to flow for us. So go ahead. You got the flow. I don't need to boxes. <laughs> he said he doesn't rap for free. <laughs> hey, you just delivered some free uh, pre-blessed food. Did you make them? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! They don't say, they don't say fried bread, Fred, for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? Yo, no, get up that. right up on the mic. Get right up on the mic, son. What you know about that, son? What you what know you about, about that? that? They don't call them fried bread for nothing. What you know about that fried bread, Fred? Yeah, Fred, bringing that holy fried bread. Holiness. He, he likes his bakwa tamasha just like it's, he likes it's his cold fried woman. bread, not now for whole bread. <laughs> Brown and greasy, a little round brown, and I'm gonna a little make greasy. A I'm gonna make. Randy said, "How big are you gonna make your fibers?" I said, "I'm gonna make them just as big as your face and just as greasy." <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna make them as big as your cheeks, son." <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say about smudge the streets? Say it oh, again. Oh, 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 yeah. Randy's gonna be starting a new program right after <laughs> smudge the streets. It's gonna call. Smudge your cheeks. All hands on. <laughs> All hands on deck Demonstration <laughs> I know delivering that Pre-blessed food in the com- in the comedy I almost said commodities <laughs> So if you hear some lip smacking It's alright right. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm on that K- Kmart pay as you can plan. Pay as you can plan. All right, cool, cool, cool. Thanks for joining us, Fred. Any last words? God bless. Don't settle for less. Uh hoo. We are coming to you with the unspoken words. This is a red robe perspective. With humility, experience, reflection, and that unique style of indigenous humor, we discuss the issues that affect our mind, body, spirit, and emotional well-being as natives in recovery. Mobriety. Community, accountability, transparency, and service work. Uh, hope. Hey, yeah! Say hey, what? Hey. <laughs> what job? What job? <laughs> Episode 82, we have played a full regular NBA season. Chicago Bulls, 72 and 10, the best team ever. 72 and 10, baby. No, yeah. You know, 72. We don't, we don't recognize that one. We don't recognize that one. We don't recognize because they lost. Oh yeah, they yeah, lost. Yeah. Oh yeah, the they did lose the finals. Huh? Yeah, they lost the finals. Ooh, like uh, how many? Little asterisks. Asterisk. Asterisks. Asteroids. Asteroids. Asterisk. Like uh, the I almost said the Cleveland Browns. What the? Um, <laughs> no, the New England Patriots. Oh, the, the Patsies. They lost too. Oh yeah, they won the Super Bowl and it was snowing. 
Oh, that one year. That one year. Oh, man. So you guys got to enjoy two minutes of Fred. Yes. Uh, Fred Howe delivering. Um, you had a plate Saturday night as a fundraiser, correct? Yes. And he was making deliveries. He stopped. He dropped off some pre-blessed food. Um, Superman's Baji dropped off some pre-blessed food and we pre-blessed food. <laughs> and so we thought we were, we were just chopping it up, laughing around. We just threw him on the mic real quick. I had some good laughs. So it yes, good. sir. It was Gotta all good. Got to capture that moment. <clears throat> yes, sir. Oh, over here to my right. All the way from Arrow Creek, he is your favorite Indian, JCB. So what's up? What's up? All right, who? Uh, all the way from L. Jesus, he's sitting to my left. He is the pod Gotti, Randy B. Say what's up? Yo, yo. And you know me, Mo Hugs, not drugs. Arrow Creek, stand up. Uh, who? And tonight. I got a little special game for us. It's got to clear my throat here. Mm -hmm. Let me clear my throat. Here we go. I even made a little transition for it. So let's check it out. Things that make you go. Hmm. Things that make you go. Things that make you go. Hmm. Things that make you go. Things that make you go. Things that make you go, hmm. I made that myself, yes. Nice. On Sound Song Maker app. Song Maker app. If we're looking for sponsorship. Okay, so I got a series of questions here. Um, here we go. So you're cruising down the street in my six four. It could be your six four. It could be your Fiat. It don't matter. In my one five. And you got your windows down, and you're blasting Tupac. Do you wear your seatbelt, or do you not wear your seatbelt? Why or why not? I wear my seatbelt. Why? Because my car won't shut up if I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, that's legit. That's legit. You don't just lock it in the back of you. <laughs> I thought about that. Res move. <laughs> I thought about that, but uh, yeah, that's he's uh, a law-abiding citizen. This guy, it's, well, it's more of a comfort thing. Yeah, security. What about you? You're gonna be you're blasting Tupac. You got your windows down. You put you got your seatbelt on. Yeah. How come? So I'm safe. <laughs> so I'm safe. Safety first, baby. Yeah. I'll let you hear me. <laughs> what about you? No. 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 No? I think, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't. I can't allow myself to wear my seatbelt. Yeah. If I'm blasting Tupac and I'm cruising down the road. Getting that hugs life, huh? Yeah. Hugs life, baby. <laughs> fall into food. Thug I just want to yeah. uh, throw out the disclaimer that Unspoken Warriors does not endorse nor <laughs> uh, recommend unsafe behavior while driving a motor vehicle. <laughs> now, if I had my windows up, I'd wear my seatbelt. Okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah. I don't hmm. know. Just a personal preference. Okay. That is a, hmm. How about this one? Is the opposite of opposite 
the same or opposite? <laughs> the opposite of opposite is this, it's the same. Yeah, right? That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah. What do you uh, think? The opposite of opposite would be the same. Right? Would it though? <laughs> <laughs> it's like in a mirror, opposite right? Opposite of the opposite. Yeah. Like you point in the mirror, yeah, you're pointing you, at yourself, right? True. The opposite of the opposite is the same. Yeah. Okay. So Good. is that uh No, that's right. I I would say same. Too. Is that like a what's that? Um, Metaphorically speaking, we all wear our masks. masks. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, what does synonym mean? Like a similar cinnamon's a spice. Synonym. Oh, synonym. <laughs> it's like it has the same similar meaning but different word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't. Would know. that be the same? No. No, I don't know. No pun intended. <laughs> no synonym intended. Does a staircase go up or down? Depends. If you're going to the top floor or bottom floor. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. It just depends on your direction. What you're up to. Perspective. So what, how come we don't how can we say what you're up to, but we never say what you're down to? True. Mm. Or you can say what's you going down. Say, are you down? Well, what's going down? Yeah. You or like, you say, Are you down? I'm down like James Brown. I want to be down with you. Down, down, down. <laughs> I want to be down with what you're going through. Okay, how about this? <laughs> Let me sing, man. So, well, I guess I was going to say, remember like when you go into a staircase and then there you go like in a, in a big, in a taller building, and then you go up one flight, but it's only halfway up to the next floor. So yeah. you're in that middle part of it. And is there an up and then there's a down? Or are you still I think it depends on what side you come. Are you going out the front or the back? Okay, say yeah. you start. All right, check this out. Say you're starting out on the ground floor, floor number one. Okay. <clears throat> you go up the first flight, you're halfway up to number two. Uh huh. The first flight, is that going down or did it going up because you came up? Even though it's going, it looks like it's going down, but you came up the stairs. Yeah. But then someone that's already out on two. It's down. all the way down. Yeah, so, but you came up. So. But you're, but you're no. Yeah, you're in the middle though. Yeah, mm. you're at a fork in the road, sir. I think mm. you're on the way up. Mm. Which yeah, way okay. are you going? Yeah, well, you're, you're going up. So yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll buy that for a it's dollar. It's all relative to the individual in which direction they're going. Fantastic. Yes, very philosophical. How far east can you travel? Before you are traveling west, you can't. Yeah, you just be you going just keep, east. You just keep going e- east. Theoretically, land of the rising sun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Skip the euphemisms. I know which way east is. Man, what was I gonna say? What, what did you say before that? Going up and going down. It's all relative to the person. Yeah, uh, no. I wanna be. We're talking about like what you were doing. Like, do you, do you, are you going up or are you going down? So you started on floor one. You're going up, and then you're in that little halfway turnaround point. Yeah, I, I had a thought, but I couldn't remember. I remember I had a brain fart. So sorry. Okay, it might come back to you. Is there another word for thes- thesaurus? There probably is. 
Has to be right. Word book, or is that two words? Mm. Is that a phrase? Well, the, is it synonym? A synonym for yeah. thesaurus. So synonym is the synonym for the source. a stretch but I see your logic on the res it is on the res <laughs> on the res Indian way it is Indian way <laughs> crow way crow way <laughs> I'm related <clears throat> to you Indian way in our way it always is always was it always will be that's not Horace <laughs> um, when you forget a thought where does it go like this guy's thought Earlier, where did it go? It's bouncing around in there somewhere. I can see it in his eyes. Right. Yeah, hmm, that is interesting. Because, like, I remember this time, like when we were kids, like me and my cousins, like we'd put our ears to each other's head and try to hear the other person thinking. Because to us, it was a voice in our head or thinking, right? Okay. So we always like we'd put our ear, like I would put my ear to my cousin's forehead, and like, okay, think of something. And I try to hear them think. I thought it was like that. I thought it worked like that. Yeah. And we do that to each other. And I would be sitting there for a long time trying to hear each other think. Well, it's got to go somewhere because <clears throat> thoughts are energy, right? I got it back. And energy cannot be created or destroyed. So we call Australia the down under, right? Yeah. Did they call us up top? The up over? Up over. Up and over. I'm sure they got Up and over. under? Up and under. Uh, it's a basketball up move. So if we're if they are the down under, then what are we considered? I'm sure there's a word for it. They got well, we have to. Any Australian listeners out there? Oh, yeah, we do have some people that listen from Australia. Holla at us, holla at Australia. us. What do you call North America in Australia? Yeah, we call y'all down under. We're down under. Uh, yeah. Things that make you go. Okay, one more. How do you know that you are not hallucinating? Skills. Skills and drills. <laughs> Skill and technique. That's like, I read, when I first read that, I read that in JC's voice. <laughs> How do you know that you are not hallucinating? Is that what I sound like? No. <clears throat> oh. Do people, when they're hallucinating, do they know they're hallucinating? Well, crazy people don't know they're crazy. True. And, you know, I said this before, I might be in the estate side, I'm just screaming at a wall right now, and I would never even know it. Yeah, we're just figments of your imagination. Exactly. What if I'm a figment of your guys' imagination? Now, whatever, like this whole time, we've just been talking here? to each other, and then, like, when it's his turn, it's just quiet on the podcast, and people are like, whoa, these guys actually talking to this person that's not even there. What if you're like, yeah, whoa. And that's the draw to our podcast. You're, like, you're talking to someone that's imaginary, unspoken words. I get it. I get it. That's what that means. It's not just a clever name. So if we go back, like say we correct our thinking and we <laughs> yeah. go back and listen to it, then there's just going to be like these long silent pauses. pauses. Yeah. yeah. And then me and Josiah go start laughing or, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. You know, Whoa. I just watched watched that Woo. that new Matrix that that new one. I just now watched it. How is it? So that it's all right. I mean, 
It's okay. <laughs> so it's not. So I probably won't go home and watch it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, because you're like not very convincing. <laughs> I well, think of it this way: if, we, if you happen to come across it, check it out. Okay. But I wouldn't go out of my way. Okay. But I mean, it's. it's I already have a hard time paying attention to movies, so I probably won't. Yeah, it, it's it's okay. You know what I mean, like. But I mean that whole that whole idea of like those things a are implanted, world? yeah, implanted in your head, and you're just laying in some jelly sack. Yeah, what if we're like that, bro? Like, what if right now, like our real being is somewhere laying down, chilling, like, like we don't even like we're not even moving or nothing. Hate that goes into simulation theory. Check this out. I just read this thing on one of those um, physics websites or whatever. And they physicists said that what's happening right now happened 15 seconds ago. Yeah. I remember you telling us this. How's that? Is there a leg in, in the world? I, I can't remember how they explained it. And so oh, I, leg spiked right I, now? I won't even try. Because wasn't it like from anything from all your sensory motors, from your eyes, even to your hearing, it takes like that 15 seconds for it to re- register up in your brain or something. What's this part called? <clears throat> So this is the limbic cortex. system, and this is the frontal lobe, prefrontal cortex. Yeah, okay. that's where like instant gratification, um, like where you plan stuff, animalistic. Yeah, and of course the <clears throat> the the idea of uh, consequences. Yeah, that's down here in your limbic system because you learn by experience, mm-hmm. right? Something like that. Well, that's why they say uh, adolescents can't really make sound decisions because they don't have, that's not developed yet, and they can't. um, They can't play the tape all the way through to the bare end. So they, like, if I do this, I'll get this gratification. Ah, I won't go do that. Or consequences, Uh, like if I do this, I'll get in trouble. Well, consequences isn't good or bad. But a yeah. negative consequence. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. All right, all right. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Let's yeah. keep it let's keep it neutral as far as actions. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the last one? Uh yeah, yeah. We're why yeah, I figured that was a good place to stop. <clears throat> Very good place. Okay. Best place to ever it, stop. It it brought a couple of things to mind. <laughs> so the first thing I want to ask you is how come drive up ATMs have braille on them? Oh yeah, true that. Because blind people can really drive. They just can't see. They could be passengers, back seat. They can feel. They can walk up. Like they feel. The they become <laughs> one with the road. <laughs> okay, and then mm-hmm. here's another one. Um, how come when you blow in a dog's face, he gets mad, but when he gets in the car, the first thing he does is stick his head out the window? Mm. True. Because one is disrespectful and dogs hate disrespect. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> dogs are very prideful. Bro, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that one. Because yeah. that's disrespectful. That's why. You're just being, you know who doesn't like that? Mm. Oreo. I know. He doesn't. He tries to bite the air. <laughs> Does he? Yeah. He starts trying to bite your, the air and like oh. makes my kids laugh. I, I do that to him all the time. Go in his face. <laughs> Huh, yeah. yeah. He's a little weirdo. Mm. I mean, he's a little, he's he's different. Hey, Ario, my little weirdo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come here, little weirdo. 
I would say you're a strange dude. Yeah, he's different. Is he really? Yeah, I mean, his head's like real tiny. His head's like probably not even big oh, as my wow. palm. So his brain's like a fourth of that. Just like a little tiny brain. How is he about, like, is he pretty good about just chilling in the house? Like, chilling? Is that what he does? Or like? Yeah. I mean, Shih Tzus, I think they they sleep like 14 hours a day. Oh, damn. That's like their, their That's naps. what he is, is a Shih Tzu? Yeah. Shih Tzu. What if you made it in with a boot hog? I know. I have bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I think we're all warmed up. Remember Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lloyd Christmas. What was the other guy's? Harry, right? And does he like regular hot dogs or does he like footlongs? <laughs> uh, he eats dog food. Okay. Let's transition. Reset. 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 Go ahead. Hit me with that. Beat. Ayo, let's get into our topic. Ayo, let's get into our topic. All right, all right, all right. We're coming to you on episode 82 Unspoken Words. Hey, you need that Bluetooth? Uh no. You can definitely turn that down. Um <clears throat> excuse me. So we're gonna talk about how to talk to kids about a parent's addiction posted on the very well mine dot com webpage. And it was posted October fifth, twenty twenty. Um so I'm just gonna read this article and I'll stop at some point and we'll get some reflections and we'll have a discussion about this matter, subject oh. matter. Oh reflections. Oh yeah. I like your guys' reflections. You reflect very well. I know, because my face is greasy. Okay, I got one. <laughs> is reflection just a ricochet? Uh a light ricochet. Light ricochet. What is a ricochet? It's a boomerang. <clears throat> from down under. From down under. Or from where they over top. Have shrimp on the Barbie. What about the up over? <laughs> what about the staircase? What about what about the case of stairs? <laughs> Deep. What about Deep. all the cases we went through? What about the stairs? <laughs> what about the staircases? <laughs> All them stairwells. What about the stairs? <laughs> what about the cases? <laughs> what about the staircases? <laughs> Higher. <laughs> All right. You guys ready? <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're losing it, bro. I know. I got to corral you back in. Let's go. Okay, here we go. How to talk to kids about addiction, whether whether your child's non-addict parent, a concerned relative, or a teacher talking to kids about their parent's addiction is not an easy conversation, but it's one that needs to happen. Ignoring the issue or trying to pretend that it doesn't exist is never a good idea. 
only leaves kids wondering if this is the way everyone's life is. Even if you're not talking about their parents' addiction, kids still know it exists. Plus, covering it up or pretending that it's not a big deal doesn't protect them from the pain that addiction causes them. They are still being impacted. In fact, talking about addiction openly and honestly can actually help them find healthier ways to cope with the trauma they're experiencing. Additionally, you're able to share the truth about their parents' addiction and dispel some of the lies they may believe, like the faulty belief that they are somehow to blame or that they can help their parent get well. These types of beliefs can lead to unhealthy coping mechanisms in kids, such as once you resolve to talk to a child about their parents' addiction, it's it. Oh, oh such as codependency. Sorry. These types of belief. Beliefs can lead to unhealthy coping mechanisms in kids, such as codependency. Once you've resolved to talk to a child about their parents' addiction, it's important to educate yourself first. You want to be sure you're sharing accurate information. Likewise, you should keep your conversation age-appropriate. For instance, for children younger than 10 years old, you need to remember that they still view the world from a me-centered perspective. Consequently, they are likely to blame themselves or believe they did something to cause the addiction. And we'll pause there because <clears throat> I think we've covered some heavy stuff there. And you guys have a reaction or something to speak to in that first portion. <clears throat> Well, I was going to start off by saying, you know, kids aren't stupid, you know, uh, True. It, but, but it said it right in there. Like you, you read it. Um, they know what's going on. They might not know the specifics and the hows and the whys and, you know, the causes and whatnot, but I do know, you know, kids are a lot smarter than we like to give, give them credit for. Oh yeah. Um, so the fact that they do know what's going on or, you know, they know that something is, something's up. Um, yep. But, but I think, <clears throat> man, like, like for me, I think, um, I was in my addiction their entire lives. So that's all they saw. Mm -hmm. And it, and it makes sense to me that early on they would think that that's how everybody was or, you know, yeah, maybe all dads were like that. Um, <clears throat> so that that part makes sense to me. The other thing I would say too is that you know it, that that ripple effect. Yeah. You know, um, like to have, I think it's important to have that conversation as early as early as you can uh, with 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 kids. To, to especially to let them know that you know that's that it's not their fault. Yeah, you know, trying to take on too much um, responsibility for anything yeah. is, isn't good for a child, right? Yeah. But you know, but we have to have these conversations, no matter how difficult they might be for us as adults, because that will kind of it. In my mind, it like gives them an out. Right, like mm -hmm. in this in this merry-go-round of self-destruction, it gives them the opportunity. Okay, I don't have to be on this ride. In a sense, right? Yes. You know, as far as you know, how they're feeling, how they're reacting, and 
and then you know saying oh okay well this is what what's going on and it has nothing to do with anything that i did or you know like mm-hmm. that they can better understand it but it, it to me it, it like it'll stop that cycle because I think if you're growing up, like, you know, especially in those formative years, <clears throat> I think it just allows them to develop unhealthy thinking patterns. True. Coping skills is one of them. But, you know, that thinking pattern of of this is how it is. So maybe this is how I'm supposed to be. Mm. Type of deal. So to me, mm-hmm. it would break, it'll break that cycle. Yeah. Definitely, and I think like the <clears throat> defeating beliefs. Yeah, you know, at this stage, you know, it says that they're very self-centered uh, perspective. So they're like, "Oh, they don't love me. I'm not good enough for them to quit drinking." And then, if they continue, if their parent continues on in addiction, it just reinforces that I'm not good enough. Um, yes. Got anything? Yeah, no. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, when we initially kind of came up with this topic, I started thinking because I'm like, man, like, historically, right, like, crows are brought up to not communicate mm. within the family structure. I don't know if every family is like that, but, you know, like, I think we're taught that communication as far as like family problems, I think isn't as open mm. as it should be. Like the red, like you know, like a healthy. So I think there's like a lot of toxic, like, um, and I don't know if it's just a crow thing, but like the ways that we were taught. Mm. You know, there's a lot of toxicity in it. Uh, one of them being like men don't don't talk about their problems. Uh, men don't feel their emotions. You know, like men don't deal with their emotional side. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I started thinking about it because I'm like, okay, like I had it all wrong because for me, I didn't want to tackle subjects like this. Yeah. But I think the more, the further along I go in therapy, the more I realize like, okay, like I had it wrong as a, as a parent, mm. you know, like we got to bring things to the table and discuss them. So they're, not taboo in my household. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think, you know, there's this thing like generational trauma can be passed down. But on the flip side, generational healing can also be passed down. Yes, sir. And I think like the direction that we're moving as a society or, or even like as Native Americans in mainstream society, I think like putting these things on a table and not sweeping them under the rug will lead to deeper relationships with our friends and family in our circle. Yeah. Um, and I think it can be done in a healthy way, but I, it also has to be from every party involved. Right. Yep. Um, but along with that side, like, especially like children, like I think my, at first I was a little hesitant to talk to, you know, to my daughter about things, but I think now, especially more recently, like I want to be more open with her because the fact of the matter is, JC said it earlier, like kids aren't dumb. Like kids are bright. 
And if you think about, like, when we were kids, like, bro, like, we already knew, you know, but we didn't say it to to our people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew things, right? Like, but we didn't, we knew who to keep it from, our parents. Oh, yeah. Our leaders. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we kind of, so we're beyond our, what society thinks we should be at. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think communication is, is getting healthier, I think. You know, once you start addressing these system, these uh, issues, then you don't have to deal with the broken system, broken mindset. True. You know, my daughter won't be 38 years old wanting to heal. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's something that's been encouraged in my household. Word. Um, not saying that I'm perfect or anything like that, but it's like, okay, this is something that, like, just comes to my mind, especially since we started coming up with this topic. I start thinking about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, communication. No. And like, like I said, historically, we're taught to kind of keep it there. But I think as long as the family unit communicates, I think it, you know, it moves in, move, moves in a good direction. Yeah, definitely. And the next line, you know, is all about like that kind of positive kind of reinforcement for the child. You know, it says. Be sure that you reassure them that they don't cause the addiction. <clears throat> um, their parents love them, but that they have a disease and need help. And also remind them that you love them and that they are they that you are there to support them. <clears throat> and that's with like ten years old and younger. Um, good. I was gonna say. I think I brought. I think this was on a previous episode too. Like recently, remember. Mm-hmm. And then I, did I share on there when I was like, okay, I sit my daughter, like I sit down so my daughter like is at eye level with me Mm -hmm. or looking at me and I tell her like, hey man, like I just want you to know like I love you and I value you. Oh yeah. And don't forget that you are loved and you are valued. Yes. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, Sitting down at eye level. Yeah, yeah. that's even, that's something I use in coaching. Like I'll kneel down and like get eye level with the kids I'm coaching and like look them in the eye and talk to them. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Cause I learned that when they're coaching, like if you like kind of just bend over that they still feel like they're being talked down to. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I always take a knee and it's funny too. Cause the first time I ever like take a knee and get the eye level with them, uh, they all take a knee too. <laughs> look at me, I'm like, no, stand up. <laughs> That's cool, man. It's funny. Uh, so the next uh, portion is about tweens. Uh, you want to make sure that they have all the facts about the parents' addiction at this age. It's tempting for them to piece together what they know and try to come up with their own explanation. Your goal should be to keep that from happening. So make sure you answer that. Make sure you answer all their questions openly and honestly. You also can invite the tween to come to you anytime they are upset or confused and need some answers. Uh, finally, talking to teens, the first thing you need to consider is that they may be feeling resentful of the addiction. This may be especially be true if the addiction has required them to miss time with their friends due to taking care of younger siblings and doing extra chores. Be sensitive to how the addiction has impacted them. <clears throat> and when I first read that part, I really thought of like... My own kids, even that first part, you know, just having these discussions and thinking about when my parents had these discussions with me, it was always geared towards like, uh, we're alcoholics, so don't drink. Um, 
whatever you do, don't drink because this is going to happen to you. We've seen it happen to numerous amounts of people. Uh, We've had people in our family die in car wrecks, you know, and that was always the speech, like kind of the scare tactics, uh, which I think was, I mean, which I know was done in good intention. uh, But just like, well, what JC said, you tell, I was always saying about the subconscious, you hear that don't drink, you hear drink. Um, Those type of things. And I, and then just being stubborn, my own self, I took off and I was like, well, I'm not weak like you guys. Yeah. And that was my mentality where <clears throat> I think if like my parents were better informed on like just how to approach me and talk to me and talked about, um, you know, this is what I plan to do. Me, myself, with my my teenage son is talk about how. How I got into my addiction was because I had this defeating belief that told me I wasn't good enough, and I believed it so wholeheartedly. I sabotaged and talking about talk to him about I sabotaged this, I sabotaged this, I sabotaged this and this because of this defeating belief, and I didn't have coping skills. So, if, a, if I had a girlfriend, she broke up with me. The first thing I turned to was drinking. I got yeah. screwed, and I go off on drink. If I was mad. It's an effort and I go drink instead of sitting with my feelings and dealing with those in a healthy way through journaling or going for a walk or talking to someone about it or um, to going and finding a counselor to help me work through things. Instead of doing that, I would just go drink, uh, which led to me going full blown addiction. So these are this really kind of, I guess, gave me some more pointers he kind of solidified what I was going to do anyway. Um, and I'll open it up to you guys on anything regarding the reading so far. Me? Um, I lost where we're at. But I think like I think kind of going off of like what you were saying, like that's kind of what my therapist's been telling me. Mm. It's like the the limbic system, right? Like that's what you were talking about. Like if they tell you don't drink, all you hear is drink. So like if you tell a toddler like don't touch the hot stove, what does the toddler do? Goes to the hot stove, right? Mm-hmm. And then if I tell you guys not to think about a red blanket that's out hanging on a clothesline. And the wind is blowing. It's a pure red blanket. Don't think about it, though. <laughs> what are you guys thinking about? I'm thinking about IHS. <laughs> <laughs> With the red bricks. No, because IHS is right down the street here. <laughs> but, you know, like, oh, yeah. like that's like we learn by doing, right? Like, it's an experience part. But I think that's what I was reminded of. It's like a lot of like what we learn is like through our experience, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also learned from our parents. Yep. We learned what worked and what didn't work. Yeah. And I think as we continue to evolve as people, as we continue to grow into ultimately like until the day we die, right? Like mm-hmm. we're always growing. We're always like becoming something. Like I think for me, I'm not a parent of a tween yet, yeah. but I think for me, I want to 
lay that foundation of, of open communication. I want, I want to get to a place with my daughter where she trusts me. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and I think that's something that has to be built up over time by continually having these kinds of conversations mm-hmm. um, so that she doesn't have to heal from her childhood when she's a full-blown full blown adult. Yep. You know? And so she don't go around the school knocking people out because she's the champ. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's like such a good kid, though. Like, I think all of our kids are like good kids, right? Like, I don't know. I think we can only get better as a society, like in the terms of like bringing our children up. Oh, yeah. In a decent way. Mm hmm. In a good way. Yeah. Favorite Indian. <clears throat> that you know, he, he brought up a good point that you know, if, if we're not having these conversations with our with the, with the kids, then they'll go elsewhere to fill that void, right? That yeah. information mm-hmm. void, that gap. They're, you know, because they're trying to plug in the trying to plug up the holes here and and, and get gain a better understanding of the world around them. Yep, and. If they're going somewhere else and they're getting false information, you know, um, wherever that may be, that's that's just as bad because then, you know, you grow up with false beliefs. Mm-hmm. And false beliefs, you know, those core beliefs are what really drive us, you know, at, at the very core. Um, they manifest themselves in different ways, but essentially if you traced it back, a lot of the things that, like for me, a lot of the things that I did, um, were based on one, one or two core beliefs. If I tracked it back that far, yeah. And so I think you know, man, it's it, it, to me it just goes back to that that kid, the kids. If you explain it to them, you know, and like you said, age appropriate, mm-hmm. um, they'll get it. Oh yeah, they'll understand. And and, it, and but it's it's important to have that conversation. It is like I don't want to say it's ever too late, yeah. Um, but you know, like we mentioned before, it, to to break that cycle and and to help them avoid making the same mistakes because they've developed such strong beliefs about this, that, and the other, and those are based in falsehoods. Yeah. Um. So. Like, I mean, really, it just, it for me, this whole thing uh, just comes down to giving them the opportunity to, to hear it and learn from a point of fact. Yes. Right? Like, so, and, and just because something is uncomfortable for us, like, Randy already said it, you know, we were kind of taught to ignore that elephant in the room. Yep. Like, it's not there. Don't talk about it, you know, even though it's sitting on the, on the couch. Yeah. Um, like the sun glowing in the window. Yeah, here. yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's not the there right close now. The huh? blind. Close the blind. No, no. it's not there. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm, not, the I'm, I'm not squinting. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't look glistening. I don't look like that guy on... Uh, what, man, what's that movie called? <laughs> Little Big Man. Oh, Little yeah. Big Man. Oh, that, that one? That one. Remember? Uh, that's the beginning. Who's the guy with the snake eyes? Oh, uh, that's um, Jack soda Pop. That's the Soda, soda Pop, Pop Kid. kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
You gotta go snake-eyed like me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just, you know, to get to, man, because that, that for me was the biggest thing, was that, and it might not have to do with, um, well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, like other people's addictions, but going out and trying to get this information from other people, yeah. especially peers, especially <laughs> People who are your age, like, well, like, okay, like, imagine you're a kid again, uh, 10, 11, 12, trying to get that information from other kids. Yeah. And maybe their uh, household is going through something similar. Yeah. And they can't make sense of it. So you kind of have two people who. Don't, they're broken. They're bro- and, and they're sharing information that, you know, without having any real um, basis of fact. Yeah. And then that's what it said, like, then if it's two kids coming from the same type of situation, they're like, oh, okay, so everybody's everybody's household's like this. Yeah, and, and then, you know, trying to figure it out, maybe you just kind of resign yourself to, well, everybody's like this, mm-hmm. so that must be our lot in life. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't have to be that way, like, um, you know, that generational trauma, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, you said it before in a conversation that we had off the air, like we have to heal ourselves. We have to heal our our nation. And, you know, like the silent proclamation says and all that, yeah. to heal our land. Heal the land. <laughs> we have to we have to heal first. Before, Remix. Before, I like all that, Second Chronicles 7.14. Before we can move forward in a positive way for anything, any aspect of our lives, right? Yep. Uh. And, and that includes... Our children, we have to, you know, because everybody has a place in the circle. And to say that, oh, well, they wouldn't understand. Yeah. Or, oh, they're too young. Yeah. Or, oh, they'll bounce back. Or, oh, it's they're, not you your know. business. Yeah, it's, it, you know, it's not for kids. Yeah. You know, it's not, not no, man, we got to, because they see it every day. If they, if they don't see it in your household, maybe you don't even use or drink. But they, I bet you they have friends. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and they, they hang around with them. And then, you know, they see their parents doing that, but it's so prevalent in in our in our in our society, and especially you know on the res. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I hate to say it, but that's the way it is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's everywhere. I mean, drugs and alcohol, depression, um, negative coping skills. Yeah. Uh, terrible communication, falsehoods. Uh-huh. All these things are out mm-hmm. there, and 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 if you if we don't, you know, heal ourselves and then tr- work to heal each other, it's just gonna remain the same. Yep, exactly. Nothing will change, and we can't move forward. We can't do anything positive. Mm-hmm. That's the thing is, is we have to do that 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 communication. Even though I think a lot of it for some people, like for me, like. Looking, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Looking back, I would have to say that that would have been a different, difficult conversation for me, mm. especially if I was in the middle of it, right? Like I'm in the yeah. throes of my addiction because I already have my defense mechanisms. I already have my yep. thinking errors, exactly. Yep, and I'm active in them. Mm-hmm. But then you know to turn around and say, "Man, I am the cause of this." Even mm-hmm. now, like when we go through treatment, that's a hard thing. Yep. And you're talking to, you know, licensed addiction counselors and therapists, people who, who, who know how to uh, have this back and forth with people that they're serving. 
Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just a difficult thing. It would have been a difficult thing for me to do. And I, yeah. I think it was. Um, but, but, it, but it has to be done. I mean, that's the only way we can stop it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, is to essentially, like uh, Randy said, is to set that groundwork, that, 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 that foundation, and then build up from there. Mm-hmm. Building up these, you know, building up our our young ones, building up our family structure, building up our society from the ground up, from the inside out, from the root to the fruit. Yes. Otherwise, otherwise, nothing will change. Exactly. I mean, that's the only way I see it. Even if it's hard, or there's things that we don't want to admit, or you know, you know, get over. Get, like I would tell myself, get over yourself. Yep. There's lives involved. Mm-hmm. There's there are human lives that you profess to care about. So get over yourself. Because mm. that would have been my biggest hang up was, oh man, I can't have that. I can't tell him this, and you know, because then I'd be admitting it. Yep. Right. You know, like if I was in the throes, but it it's man, I, it's got to be done. Gots to be done. And the next title is when to have a conversation. When it comes to the timing of the conversation about a parent's addiction, you should consider having it as soon as you are aware that there is an issue, especially if your family, if you are a family member. But picking the right time and place is still important. Make sure you choose a time of day when the child is relaxed. Trying to have a conversation when they are upset, angry, and tired or tired will keep them from having an impactful, um, or it'll keep them from having an impact that you're hoping for. Also, be sure that when you talk, you are in comf- in a comfortable place where there is no risk of risk of being overheard, and be sensitive to the fact that kids often assume that no one knows what happened in their home. If you're not a family member, be prepared for kids to experience some initial surprise regarding your conversation. They also may deny there is an issue. Be patient. Finally, make sure you approach the conversation with empathy and patience. Ask questions so that you understand their perspective. And if they blame themselves, reassure them that they are not at fault. Their parents' addiction is not their responsibility. And I think that's the the biggest message that you can send, especially when having these conversations, that it's not the kid's fault. There's nothing that you can do. That there's nothing that the kid can do to make their parent drink or make them quit. Um, that it is something that the parent has to deal with. And I think that that's, that's so crucial. And it just brings to mind for me that something that was kind of touched on earlier by both you gentlemen, that <clears throat> just validating the kid's feelings. Mm-hmm. Just... Man, you're going through this. This is real. It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be pissed. Those are real feelings. Feel them. Instead of kind of what Randy was alluding to in that toxicity, like, well, you shouldn't feel that way because your grandma takes care of you. You have your grandma. Your grandma's taking care of you. She puts... Food on the table, you have clothes, you have the new 
iPhone. I almost said iPod and I almost dated myself. <laughs> you know, you have X, you have ABC, so you shouldn't even be feeling that way. That's like I've heard that talk. That's that last part was was pretty key too. Like you, you shouldn't feel that way or don't feel that way or no. you don't have to feel that way. No. Because then like you said, you're not validating them. No. As as a as a person, as a no. human being, as somebody who is valued. If you say yeah, like oh, I don't feel that way, or it'll be okay, you know, don't, yeah, don't cry, or you know, whatever, yeah, um, yeah, that's important to. I think that's important to say. Yeah, if you're if you're angry, it's okay to be angry. Yeah, mm-hmm. like like if you are upset with what's going on with your parent, it's okay to be upset. Yeah. Um, and then you know, work forward from there, and. Man, I, I'm just so glad that we that you brought this topic up, like, because there are things in there that you said that I would have never even thought of, like, like the timing. Yeah. Like, like you know, I never really thought that. Okay, so my child's a little hungry or hangry, as yeah. they would say, you know, hungry or, or or tired or, you know, whatever. Like, you, you want to want to get him into that most receptive state, but this this whole you know advice on how and when and you know um, what to say and age appropriate like I would have never thought of any of that I know like the only thing I know for a fact that I before we started this conversation was that it's important to have it yeah it's important to get it out there mm-hmm. but like who knows this stuff we obviously didn't I didn't yeah I mean I can't project myself on anybody else but I didn't know these things like there are certain um uh aspects to it that we as adults don't really consider yeah true that and as i read this article i did a presentation earlier at as you guys know i'm a gatekeeper trainer for qpr and i taught a class earlier today and i brought up this story where i was a rehabilitation tech at a treatment center glorified babysitter and you know this client this patient wanted to leave Halfway through their treatment stay, they had two more weeks left. And me and another RT talked with him, convinced him to stay. And then, like, that next two weeks, he was, like, chipper. Every time I seen him, he was, like, hey, Josiah. And, like, you know, bro, chipper, like, upbeat. Like, that whole next two weeks, every time I seen him. Uh, he left treatment. He left treatment, went home, drank for three days, and took his life. And to me, that was real shocking and, like, I talked to some counselors at the treatment facility about it and, you know, had to go and talk with them a couple of times about this situation. And they let me know, you know, it's not your fault. Like you didn't do anything. He's this patient made the decision and died by suicide. And when they told me that it was just so like, Weight off my shoulders because for like weeks I was carrying this around. I was like, man, what, I could have done this. I could have said this. I could have done this. And he'd still be here, you know, and like kind of internalizing it real hardcore. But when they told me that, it was just like, oh, okay. So with that, you know, relating that to the, the like if you have that conversation with the kid and just let them know, like, this is a disease. Like their parent is, you know, parent loves them, but. This disease has taken them. And if 
but it's not their fault. They didn't do anything to cause this. And they can't do anything to stop it. And I would say even just pray with the kid. Yeah. I think <clears throat> I think that's one of the most important um, things that we can build in the kid's life. Mm. Is realizing like, yo, like some things are, are too much for us to handle, so we need to start a relationship, and this is why. You know, being intentional in, in bringing children up. Um, I know, like, for myself, that's what I try to practice. You know, I can only speak for myself, and, and people probably get tired of me talking about my father and, and and, you know, whatever the case may be. But the thing is, like, I just want to do my best by my child. And by doing my best, like, I want to be intentional in her upbringing. Making sure that she's prepared for the things that I wasn't prepared for. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be, you know, in, instilling different values in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, covering the, the four areas, their physical, emotional, what are the other two? Physical, emotional, spiritual, and <clears throat> mental. 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 Yeah. Set them out of order, so I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, like that's my duty as a father because my daughter never has to be born. Our children never asked to be here. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think because our children never asked to be there, it's our duty to bring them up in a way that will be beneficial for them. While they're here on earth. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than how it used to be. Yeah. Being like, hey, I know you're you're smart. I know you're intelligent. And because you're intelligent, and when they start asking questions like, this is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Because I believe that one of the one of the biggest jobs of a, of especially a dad, is to empower their children. Mm-hmm. Like to get them to believe that they can do anything. Because if we do that through their formative years, when they become when they become adults, they already know what it takes to get to where they want to go. Yep. And like, man, I remember they may not say it, but they'll be like, "My dad, my dad empowered. My dad made me believe everything that like I could do anything." Mm-hmm. You know, I think case in point, <clears throat> um, we went to a concert in Wyoming, Superman concert. Yeah. And my daughter was like, she was looking at everything that was going on. She goes, Dad, I want to do that. Yeah. And I just looked at her, and she was sitting right next to me, and she like, or she was kind of standing on her, her chair, and I looked at her, and I said, and you can do anything you want, man, as long as you put the work in. Mm-hmm. And I could tell in that moment, like, she believed me. Mm-hmm. That's our duty. Mm. You know? Um, yep. Yes, sir. So I think, like, for my parenting, it's like whatever my daughter shows a splinter of interest in, mm-hmm. I'm going to invest in that. Yep. 
Um, but especially having tough conversations. Like I, w- I would rather have my daughter learn from me than to have her learn from somebody else like JC was talking about. Yeah. Oh, because a lot of what I learned was learned outside the house. True. It wasn't because my mom and dad were bad people. It was because things were different then. Oh, yeah. They did the best that they could. Exactly. You know? Yeah. They did the best that they could, given the circumstance. Yes. And, yeah, they did the best that they could with the information that they had. Exactly. Yes. And, man, you know, I, fuck, man, I wish I would have heard this a long time ago. It's mm-hmm. hard, it's, it's hard for me to think about right now because, you know, my kids are grown, man, and they watched me. They had a front row seat to my self-destruction. Mm. And it, that's one of the things, one of the big reasons why I do what I do mm-hmm. right, right today. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, well, it's too late for anything. But I think if if we know these things earlier, early on, mm-hmm. then we're in a better position to help, other, like, help, uh, you know, we're in a better, like, other people are in a better position to help themselves and help their children. And I don't want that for them, their children. I don't want my children's children to, to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's part of like making amends. It's part of being service work. It's part of um, my drive to stop the cycle. Because yep. I mean, I, I got to be honest. It's it's hard to talk about these things because to me, a lot of it is after the fact, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and and I just you know I I beat myself up all the time for it. Oh yeah. Um, but. I, today, I can sit here with you guys and, and 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 you know and share my experience and say, well, this is where I messed up. Yeah, this is how I, you know, this is well, this is what I did. This is how I messed it up, and these were the consequences of those actions. Yep. And so, like my message, my underlying message was always, don't do what I did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Like if if you if you know anybody's out there that's listening to this, maybe you're the one that's in you know um, addiction, and I think maybe you're listening to this because you're either a in recovery or b searching for recovery. Yeah. Like hope. I mean, that's my hope for you. Otherwise, I wouldn't even be doing this. Um, but whatever the case may be, you know. Um, start trying to develop these skills early on because your kids will benefit. And again, it's not too late. I don't think it's ever too late for anything to change. It's never too late to heal. It's never too late to move forward in a positive, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, because going back, like I said, you know, you don't want to be sitting here with all these regrets, all these, man, I wish I would have heard this 20 years ago. Oh yeah. You know, that woulda, shoulda, coulda. And, you know, we can't use, you know, that's a that's a thinking here. We can't use the word should because we're focused on what should be and not what is. Yep. So 
I have to focus on what is, even though I want to go back and beat myself up for a lot of things that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is, what is today? Today we get to talk about it. Today we get to help other people. Today, you know, we get to help each other. Today we get to start to help, you know, that healing process. Yeah, and today you can still live out that um, living amends. Yes. Yeah. That okay. There. That's you know kind of what I was going for yeah. earlier, but I yeah. that thought kind of escaped me. But yeah, that living amends. Where did it go? Did it come back? It came it, into my head. See, I'm, t- I'm telling you, it, it's it's like an energy. Did you guys put yeah. your heads together? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Don't talk like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you guys. But <laughs> no, I think that's good to just to have that perspective too. Like you said, your kids are grown. They had a front row seat. <clears throat> um, but today is exactly it. What can you do today? Today yeah. you have control of your actions. You're not going to do that today. Because uh, that was one thing that really helped me, that, that what do you call them, intervention thought. Yeah. When um, I would beat myself up because my son seen me drunk and he got scared and he would be crying. Or my daughter, you know, I would be arguing with her mom and she'd be sitting on the floor crying because I'd be yelling and pissed off. Uh, I think about those and I cringe. Like, oh, my God, why did I do that? But that intervention thought comes, and it's like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not doing it today. I did do that. I own it. Yes, in my addiction, I did those things. But today, I don't. That's awesome. And I think another thing that really helps me, too, is that mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Like being in this moment. Yep. Yep. So, you know, like I, like I was saying earlier, like, what is now? Yeah. And now, right now. Right now. I'm sober. Yes, sir. Right now, I'm in this room. Right now. Speaking in this microphone. Yeah, exactly. And see, that's exactly. My right hand's on this bottle. That's yep. exactly what it is. Of it? water. Mm-hmm. And is it cold? Is it hot? Is the fan's blowing? The fan's blowing, so it's kind of keeping us cold. I think those are awesome, like, and I think, like, Josiah, you touched on a good point when you had gone through that situation at work, right? Because there's a tendency to blame ourselves for things that are beyond our control. Yep. But the counselor was absolutely right because, and one of my, um, one of the people that I looked up to, look up to in counseling, right? She's an awesome counselor, but... She always says, you don't take credit for their for their victories. True. So why are you trying to take credit for their losses? Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. Because I think, like, especially in the field that we're in, when we deal with people and and they're dealing with their addiction and they choose to go back out, I think for us, we try to, like like what you like said, when the person, take yeah, it we take it personal and we, like, Blame ourselves, like, maybe I could have, like, what you were saying, like, yeah. you beat yourself up. Yeah. But you learn to deal with it in a healthy way and look at it with a different perspective. Yeah. Which Dang. ultimately was the healthy way. True. True. Saying, like, hey, you know what, like, that, I didn't do that. Mm. Yep. I had no power in that. It was beyond my control. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. 
So we have to learn how to remove ourselves from that equation, I think. Yep. And do our best to teach our children that same, like, hey, this is out of your control. Yeah. And you have no power over that. That's the disease that's overtaking this person. Yeah. Like, learning how to differentiate, right? Yeah. So it's like this, like yesterday, uh, I think it was yesterday I was talking about, like, man, I grew up, like, listening to hip-hop. Yeah. But where I failed was differentiating art from real life. <laughs> yeah. To me, it was one. Yep. And I tried to emulate it. Mm-hmm. And all it did was make me not be made me be a not so good person. Yeah. You know? Let the self destruction. Yeah. Yeah. Because I failed to differentiate the two. Not realizing like the people that I looked up to had families that they provided for were actually good husbands to their wives, were actually good fathers to their children. Yeah. Actually sent their children to private schools. Yep. Because I believed what I saw on stage. And videos. And videos. Yo MTV raps. A glorified, unrealistic lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it led to emptiness in my life. Like a void in my life, right? Yeah. I I can understand that because like if you're chasing something that isn't real, there is a void. You'll never attain it. Yeah, there there is a void. Mm-hmm. But you, when you first started speaking just now, like you brought up a thought, like you know, trying to personalize, um, or you know, like the things that we can't control. Yeah. And I was just thinking about what I said earlier and what Randy just said, and it clicked in my mind is that there's another thing that I can't control, and that's the past. Mm-hmm. That's why you made that look, huh? Yeah. Because you're like. Cause I saw that light bulb turn on, bro. I was like, but I, you know, the things that we can't control, I can't control the past. Yeah. Um, but when talking about mindfulness, I can control my present. Yep. Like if I, you know, and I've said this probably, I'm beating a dead horse, you know, going off these conspiracy theories about myself. Like I can stop that and I can control my present. Because mm-hmm. right now I'm in a safe spot. Yes. Yep. Like I'm not out actively trying to destroy myself um and you know even if i if like we go through things and and you feel down i guess yeah would be the word you know we have our ups and we have our downs and if you you know if i'm feeling down i do know that there's a safe place for me to get that out yeah right so i can control that like i can say hey Man, I'm not feeling good. Can I talk to you? Yep. Can you help me? Yeah. Can you listen? Um, you know, can you pray with me? Whatever the case may be. Yep. Yeah. And I don't have to be alone. I can control that. Yeah. And it's all just that initial just reaching out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like, hey, can I holler at you real quick? Like, usually the person's very receptive. Oh, yeah. What's up? And those, yeah, and you know, you want to surround yourself with people like that. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, it's just, yeah, you, when you were talking and you just made these things. 
Connected to dots. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I like to connect dots. <laughs> and clo- you know, close the windows and connect the dots. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm really good at that. As far as I know. Man, I'm real good, huh? <laughs> yeah. I-, <laughs> I, I listen to you talk every week. <laughs> All right, let's go over this last one and then we'll close out the topic and then we can have some conversation. That was sarcasm, by the way, guys. Yeah, true. We're not we're not full of ourselves. Yeah, I not, am not intentionally. Just but me. JC's bad, so I'm bad, so yeah. <laughs> and it is intentional. <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this last section here. Messages kids need to hear. Living with an addict, addicted parent is often chaotic, lonely, even scary, especially if the family breaks up because of the substance use. Abuse, even if children are not removed from the home, living with a parent who abuses alcohol or other substances may cause kids to become withdrawn and shy, while others can become explosive and violent. Likewise, kids likewise, kids with an addic- addicted parent often develop issues with self-esteem, attachment, <clears throat> autonomy, and trust. So what do you tell children when, when one or both of the, their parents struggle with addiction? First and foremost... Because trust is always an issue, you need to tell them the truth. Additionally, the National Association for Children of Alcoholics indicates that there are four messages that children with addicted parents need to hear. They need to know that the addict is a disease. Addiction is a disease that they cannot control and that it's okay to talk about, even if they have been told not to. And most importantly, they need to know that they are not alone. That last part, they're not alone, is that this, that's huge. And I noticed that a lot of walking the red road, recovery from addiction, is just a slight shift in your perspective, which we've been saying that word a lot tonight. Just a little shift in your perspective where, like, I felt like I was the only one going through my circumstances. I was the only one dealing with these troubles. But when I got to the rooms, I was like, oh, snap, man. There's like 30 people in here that think, talk, and act exactly like I do. What's that called again? Unique personality disorder? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, yeah. Unique. All right. Suffering from uniqueness? or It's unique. not like a, what yeah. is it? Something like that. No, unique New York. Unique New York. No, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to interrupt your. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, but I was saying, like, what is, like, when you said that, like. Suffer, suffering from uniqueness. Yeah. I think is what uh, I cliche think it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm the only one going through this. Yeah. But that, yeah, that, that, I mean, you kind of took my thought, but that, I did that, that. Everybody, I think everybody. You're accusing me of stealing. I did, I just did, huh? Well, yeah. Stealing okay, thoughts. Man, are you, can you see my thoughts? What kind of thoughts? <laughs> can, you, can you hear them? I can hear them. Okay. So. Yeah, but like that, like you are not alone. Like that's an important message for anybody that's in, affected by addiction, whether mm-hmm. it be the addict, their family. <laughs> what are you doing? It's listening for your thoughts. <laughs> Trying to steer your guys' thoughts. Oh, but yeah, it's important for you know everybody involved, like the app from the addict to the to the um, family members. Mm-hmm. You know those that are directly affected by that addictive behavior, um, because. And it, like like you already said, it's there's this idea that you won't understand 
because you don't know what I'm going through. Yeah. Yep. And that's so not the case. Yeah. It's like, you know, I said this before too, like every time I listen to somebody's story, I hear myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? You know, mm-hmm. we, we have those speaker meetings and stuff or like I'm listening to you guys tell me a little bit about your experience and I'm like, man, I did that too. Yeah, yeah that's just like me. Yeah. Or yeah, uh-huh. I can relate to that. So, you know, to sit there and try to think that, oh, you wouldn't understand. It's just me and I'm such a bear, you know, this, yeah, that, yeah. and the other. Like, no, man. Boo-hoo. It's a JC thing you wouldn't understand. It's an everyday thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, you know, you get into that mindset, and so that's that's kind of a, that's a hindrance on, on, like, actually seeking help. Because if you honestly believe that nobody understands or un- nobody knows or that you're the only one, why would you want to go out and say, hey, can you help me? You can't help me if you don't know what I'm going through, kind of an idea. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, that whole you are not alone because you were not alone. And you are not alone. I am here with you. And I'll be here until Though the sun we're comes far down. apart. Something in my heart. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Michael Jackson. Staring at my Oh, you were singing an actual song? Yeah. Hmm. Here I am jumping in. Trying to make up some on the fly. <laughs> Many rivers to cross <laughs> Ain't no mountain high <laughs> enough <laughs> Start singing Ain't no valley low enough <laughs> To keep me away from you Unspoken words, karaoke Sorry about that, didn't mean to <laughs> Make your cat run out of the room <laughs> Yeah, I think like one of the biggest messages that the kids that you can convey is that the addiction is a disease. It's not their fault. They're not alone. And that you are there to support them. And tell the truth. Time. Yeah, like tell I, the truth. Like I said earlier, man, kids aren't stupid. They they know what if something they might like they might not know the specifics, but they know when something's up. Yep. True that. Like, you know, so be honest. It's yeah. yeah, no, I think it's a very delicate situation and kind of going back to the QPR thing, you notice these things, you see the red flags, you you become aware that there is addiction, substance abuse happening in the home. Um that's the time to act. Okay. I gotta set up a time to talk to these kids. Um go for it. Because that slight intervention um, can go a long way. Um, as in QPR, save lives. Yeah. You know, that could start that snowball effect in the positive way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because then if the addict it's becomes aware of it, then that might open their eyes. Because I was telling the story and like QPR and intervention, you know, coming in with that, like it was my cousin. She came into my apartment, you know, there's half of G's laying all empty, half of G's laying all on the ground all over my apartment. She's kind of stormed in there and she bawled me out. 
but she told me the truth. Uh-huh. She was throwing the truth in my face. And then from that moment on, I started trying to get to detox, and then I went to detox, and I went to treatment. But I don't think I would have went if she didn't come in there and just throw truth in my face. And she had quite a few choice words in there, but it was the truth, and I couldn't even argue with it. I would just I just sat there and I took it. Because I knew she wasn't lying. And you know, that's another thing that I've learned is, um, well, I was going to start off with it's never too late, but the sooner the better. Yeah. Um, but you never know, like, like, it's important to have that communication. And to be honest, because you never know what you might say. You never know when that will click. Or what will click. Yeah. So to to just keep actively, actively communicating and saying these things, um, then I, I think that's important because you know, you never know what you might say. Like I never, so a lot of times, man, my mind just is racing so fast. That Thinking I, out loud. But yeah, and my, it's like, I'm, yeah, that's exactly, because I said that before, right? Like a lot of times I'm working things out, out loud. Yeah, but like my mind is going so fast, so sometimes it seems like my my uh, thoughts are kind of disjointed or whatever. Oh yeah, but double jointed. Even in that kind of rambling style of (laughs) of trying to put piece things together in my own mind, if I'm talking out loud, you know, somebody might hear something Mm. and say, "Hey, Mm -hmm. that's that's it," and you know, and that's at least that's my hope. I mean, that's why that's why I don't shut up sometimes. I'm trying to get something out that's within me, like working it out for myself. And then, man, Randy heard that and he he benefited from it, you know. Yeah. Or I thought I wasn't even making sense, and Josiah completely got it, mm. right? Like, so even if you like don't have what you would consider oh great speaking skills or whatever, the 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 very act of communicating I think is important. Yeah, because we did like Randy said earlier, we never really had that. Uh-uh. Like there were things that we just didn't talk about. Yep. And then when we did, they're like, "Oh no, no, we, you're not supposed to cry, or no, 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 you're not supposed to feel that way, or no, 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 we don't do that. Yeah, don't feel that way. You're supposed to be happy. Yeah. True. And I think um, <clears throat> the older the child, there's things available like counselors to go and talk to Alatine. I know there's. Several here in Bellings, and I'm sure there's probably one wherever you're at listening to this. There's groups, self-help groups that they can go to and attend where they can become part of a group, be accepted, and come to that realization that they're not alone. Yes. In a good way. In a good way. All right. Any closing thoughts on the subject? just glad that we got to talk about it because i mean we have to do something we have to start this conversation somewhere and i'm glad we we got it out there because a lot of this stuff i didn't know i wish i'd have known yeah um but you know we have to do something because there are lives at stake right there are lives that Mm -hmm. are literally on the line and i'm not saying that somebody could leave this earth 
although that is a big, you know, a big thing about it. But I know people that have lived in misery for years and years and years, and it doesn't have to be like that. So you're the very quality of your life, like Randy's always saying, being at peace in your life, that's important for everybody. Everybody deserves that. Yep. And so I think it's, you know, we have to do something because lives are at stake. Yes. True that, true that. Got anything? Closing remarks, sir. No, I, I think when it comes to our children, we can never really over-communicate. Oh, yeah. You know, like I want, I think for me, like a goal is like, okay, I want to communicate so much that it's, that she gets to a point where it's normal to bring stuff that she's questioning or stuff that she's thinking up. Yeah. Whether it's hurting or whether, you know, like whether she's not sure about it, um, you know, if she just wants information or if she, like, just needs her dad to be like, hey, man, you know what? I love you. Come here and give me a hug. Yep. You know, um, just recognizing those, like, learning to read my daughter and seeing what she needs at what point in time. Mm-hmm. And I think as communication grows, as the child grows, to that the conversation grows as well. True that. True I never want to be that dad that tells her you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is like, but you know what I mean? Like in terms of like feelings and and dealing with like other, you know, stuff that are unhealthy, I guess. Dealing with boys. Yeah. (laughs) No, we're going to knock them out. (laughs) She's the champ, man. She's going to knock them out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know what I mean? Like bringing, like I want to do my best to bring her up as healthy as I can. True. Very true. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, that's my goal too. Definitely. And um, if you're out there, you're listening to this, and you know if some kids might not necessarily even be in your family, but you want to have this conversation with them and potentially get them some help, I say go do it. Yes. Um, And I'm just going to read off where you can find this article. You know, we just kind of touched on some of it. We didn't go through the whole thing, so I want to give you the address again. It's uh, very well mine dot com, and the article is called "How to Talk to Kids About a Parent's Addiction." And it was posted October fifth, twenty twenty. Please give this a read. Um, and also, if you want to talk to a counselor before approaching the kids, you know, and having this conversation, please do so. Yeah, I was just going to say that there's probably you know I know there's other resources out there to oh, get yeah. more information mm-hmm. on on. Like the how-to of it. Yeah. Because I think that's important to have. Yeah. Like just, I mean, to be able to uh, go in there, especially with confidence, right? Oh, yeah. Like to be confident in what you are, the message you're trying to convey to children, to your children, to, you know, kids in general. Yeah. So, you know, that you're, because like, man, like I said, there's things that I didn't even think of that would have never crossed my mind. Yep. Because so. kids can smell fear, man. They can taste it. I see it in coaching. Yeah. If the if the coach isn't confident and knowledgeable about what they're talking about, man, the kids run all over the coach. I notice. Yeah. So you got to come correct. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah, there's, you know, I'd encourage anybody who's willing to just, you know, do do more research, get more information. Research. Yeah. Research. Yeah. 
Let's have some horns. Horns, yeah. Horns, yeah. I can't see them. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> Put your glasses on. on, then. Where's Karen? Oh, shoot. We haven't heard you. Devil oh. horns. Devil <laughs> horns. <laughs> old, old Karen. Hey, girl. There Come here, is. girl. There Come here, beautiful is. girl. Oh, you and your pretty mane. Mm-mm. <laughs> Jeez. Mm. Really Missed you. Lathered up in the flanks. Yeah, she's pouting at us for a while there. She wouldn't come out the stall. It's because you didn't bring her on last time. I know, we didn't bring her out when Kathy was here, so Karen was pouting. <laughs> <laughs> was Kathy last week? Was it? No, no. It was a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, man. Oh, you wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> So NBA conference finals. What are your thoughts as we close out here? Sad to see. I sad to say, but I think the Mavs are cooked. Oh yeah. Mm, mm, mm. I think yeah. it's going to be the Celtics and Warriors. Yeah. Yep. Celtics and Warriors. I got the C's. I got C's. C's, in that one. C's get degrees. That's kind of who I'm going for. That's. Um, I don't I'm, know why. I'm going for the C's, but, man, Golden State got too much firepower. I want the C's to win, but Golden State kind of. Yeah. I think I think they're going to win. But did you see that? But, yeah, I think it would be like a seven-game series in the finals. Did you see that Jordan Poole and uh, Clay Thompson interaction the other night? Uh-uh. So, like, Clay Thompson was on top of the key, and his man was a few steps back. Yeah. And Jordan Poole was on the left wing. Yeah. With the ball dribbling, Clay wanted the ball, mm. and he like looked at Clay, and then threw it to Steph instead. Mm. Then did Clay do that? Clay like, got pissed, like shrugged his shoulders. Kind of, yeah, and he kind of like, but as he like turned around, he was going back to the corner, like he just kind of with his right hand, just kind of waved like that to Jordan. Really. What, yeah. kind of, what kind of wave was that, would you say? Like an angry, like, like get the <laughs> F out of here wave. Uh, like, why didn't you throw it to me wave? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, yeah. get out of here. Like, F you yeah, yeah. type deal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of those memes where, like, uh, Jordan Poole dribble drive and shoot at the free, free throw, and then Clay was wide open on and then, like, he just kind of, ugh. Like, yeah. What the hell? Like, just throws his head back and then runs back down court. So, what do you think? Do you think that's uh, that'll be an internal issue? Like, everybody wants their shots. Yeah, I think there is. I, I mean, just from the outside looking in. Obviously, I don't know anything. Yeah, but I think my opinion is like, okay, Jordan Poole is coming up. Clay Thompson has been the man. Just came back from injury, knowing like what he can do, and then Jordan Poole like trying to take his shine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like He's from an older personally, like, right? Yeah, so yeah. he has like an older brother syndrome, right? Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're new to the team, bro. Like I'm gonna like I'm the man. I'm first. Yeah, not yeah. you. You better swing that like, ball. I'm gonna school you, boy. Yeah, you better swing that ball. You know what man. I mean? But then you got a young hungry yeah, up and coming. More, more like you know, more like, you know, he's thinking you can eat, but you gotta feed me first. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I get it, like, cause, man, especially like uh uh, on on that that big of a stage, and, yeah, and you know you get to that level, mm-hmm. especially you know like Clay's got all these cha- these rings already, right? Yeah, and this up and comer who's just you know he's blowing it up right now. Yeah, and you already said it. Like I'm just going to repeat basically what you said, but yeah, I get it. 
Yeah. Like, you know, trying to, you know, coming back from injury. And it'd be yeah. interesting to see. I mean, yeah. now that you say that, I'm mean, going to think I'll watch that dynamic a little more, just kind of yeah. pay attention to those two. Yeah. That's kind of like made me think, though, because I'm like, okay, like this young man, like he looked him, like he literally looked him off. Yeah. Like he looked at him and then decided to go to the other guy, like, you know. Yeah. And then, but then, too, okay, let me throw this out there, too. Is remember, <laughs> uh, um, they've been saying that, you know, Poole's getting a lot of advice and um, uh, mentorship from Steph. Yeah. So uh, maybe that has something to do with it, too. Right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is my mentor. So, yeah, I'm going to kick it off to him. True, it true. It could be like a tune. Like, okay, so I, with that angle, right? Yeah. So I was like, okay, you respect a guy that I came up with. Yeah. Like, we taught each, like, we, we, we grinded together. You respect him, but you don't respect me. Yeah. You know? So I think that can play into the Celtics' favor. Yeah. They just self-implode. I will say Celtics got some tough D, and they need uh, uh, the defensive player of the year, a little guy with the green Marcus hair. Marcus Smart. Uh, Marcus Smart. Why yeah. couldn't I think of that name? I can't but, remember his name either. But, yeah, yeah. They, they need that guy out there because if you notice, man, the Heat just go, went off on him the other night Yeah, without him in the lineup. The first game blew him out. I thought they were done. Um, what did it say? But I don't know. I'm. I think the Mavs might stretch it out to like maybe six game series. Is that tonight? Because I counted them out. I think it's tonight. Yeah, I counted them out against Phoenix, and they came back and won that series. Well, I thought they were done. <laughs> I think Phoenix was a better matchup for Golden State. Did uh, yeah. did did uh, the Mavs win that, or did Phoenix just lose? I think both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. Because I always see those uh, headlines like, you know, um, Chris Paul chokes again. <laughs> damn, damn, they didn't even show up. Yeah, they forgot. They Somebody forgot to tell him there was a game seven. Yeah, because, I mean, like, Booker's never showed me anything to make him, because they're, like, comparing him to Kobe before Kobe passed. And I was like, what? I don't see that at all. Not even a sliver of that. But it was all over, like, social media you know, the next Mamba and all this. I'm like, what? What? I never seen it. Just by the looks on your guys' face, you guys never seen it either, too. Well, because, I mean, I've never even heard that comparison, but this is the first time, and I'm like, no, man, because Kobe ran with a a chip on his shoulder even after he had rings. Yep. Like, he'd already proven to people what he can do and what he was about. Yeah, but he still ran with that mentality. Like, I gotta, I got, I'm gonna show you yeah, today. Yeah. Today you're gonna find out. And I just don't see that with Booker at all. Like, there's, yeah. there's not even a comparison. Like, how can you even come up with that comparison? I know. I don't know. I knew it was on for a little bit. Then, like, he Booker like just like dispelled it. Like, just kind of said, "Stop saying that." Basically. Which is very accurate. I probably would too. Like, yeah. Hell no, don't be comparing me to him. Those are some big shoes to feel though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, like size 18s. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yuck. Yuck. All right, cool, man. Well, we'll close it out, huh? Yes, sir. All right, cool. So, thank you, JC. Randy, for bringing it, as always, every week. 
And thank you out there to our listeners. We love you. We appreciate you. Please keep spreading unspoken words, gospel, Billy Graham style for us. Wherever you go, spread that unspoken words. We're out. Take care of yourselves. Deuces. Peace. Yo, Josiah Mo Fire, aka Mo Hugs Not Drugs. Thanks for tuning in. Peace.